Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. So, I don't think it's news to anyone that there's a lot of fear going on in the world, huh? A lot of fear, and might I even add, fear-mongering going on in the culture. And there's a narrative, listen to me, let me have your attention. There is a narrative being promoted that going to church is dangerous. I don't know if you've heard that. Washington Times, listen at this headline from the Washington Times, coronavirus creates conflict for churches where gatherings can be dangerous, but also provide solace. You hear that? Where gatherings can be dangerous, but also provide solace. Can I read you some statistics? Listen at this. Did you know? You probably didn't, but you'll know. You have a 1 in 292 millionth chance of winning the Powerball. Did you know you have a 1 in 200 million chance of dying of COVID? 1 in 100 million chance dying playing a table game. So you could die playing foosball. 1 in 13 million becoming an astronaut, 1 in 11 million dying in a plane crash, 1 in 10 million killed by a lightning strike, 1 in 9 million dying from a terrorist attack, 1 in 8 million, pardon me, 1 in 8 million dying from a shark attack. Uh, That won't be me. (laughs) I don't go out in the water like that, okay? Somebody say amen, me either, me either. One in 2.3 million of dying from falling off a ladder. One in 2 million chance of dying from falling out of bed. Now, some of y'all, that's going to be a little higher because you spent a lot of time there, right? One in 685,000 chance of dying in a bathtub. One in five. 100,000 of dying in a train crash. One in 112,000 of dying from a dog bite. One in 100,000 dying at a dance party. Now, I could see that. Because some of y'all can't dance. You you get out there and kill somebody. Don't do it, okay? One in 5,000 chance of dying from the common flu. The odds, here's my point, saints, the odds of dying in church, listen to this, is 1 in 126,000 
or 0.00079%. Nothing's dangerous about church. As a matter of fact, you're more likely to die from the common cold than you are to die from going to church. Statistically, going to church can save your life. Somebody say amen. And these are scary times, aren't they? But we don't need to fear, do we? Our story this morning, our great Bible story coming from Gideon, as God changed a fearful coward Gideon into a man of courage. We're going to talk about it. We've got a lot to read, so let's get to it. Judges chapter 6. Saints, we're looking at Judges chapter 6, and let's pick up in verse 1. A lot of reading this morning. Everybody good? Say amen. In Judges chapter 6, verse 1, then the children of Israel did evil, where saints? In the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for how many years? And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made themselves dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. And so it was whenever Israel sown, whenever Israel had sown, Israel had sown Midianites, pardon me, would come up. Also, the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. And then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents coming in as numerous as locusts, but they and their camel, both they and their camels were without number. And they would enter the land to destroy it. And so Israel, in verse 6, was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel, in verse 7, cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, the Lord sent the prophet to the children of Israel. Who said to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I bought you up from Egypt and I bought you out of the land of bondage and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you. And I drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also, I said to you, I am the Lord, your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you Somebody come on, read this with me. But you have not obeyed my voice. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Let me give you a little backdrop. Get your pen, get your pad. Let me give you a little backdrop. At this time in Judges, Israel is under the domination of the Midianites. 20 years have passed since Joshua led Israel into the promised land. You remember God told the people of Israel when they came into the promised land, they were to conquer and destroy the Ammonites, the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, the Hittites, and all the otherites. They were to get rid of them. But when they got into the land, you remember the story? They, they, they thought that they could keep pockets of pagan people. They thought they could keep pockets of pagan peoples to live amongst them, And to keep them enslaved. Remember, God said what? Destroy them. So Israel didn't completely drive out the enemy. And because they didn't completely drive out and dominate the enemy, 200 years later, the enemy comes back to drive out and dominate them. 
Now, here in Judges chapter 6, Israel is on the run, hiding from the Midianites. And I want you to peruse with me. Go back to verse 3. It tells us every year at the harvest time, the Midianites and the Amalekites would join forces and attack Israel's crops. And Israel couldn't do anything about it. So in fear, they would run into the mountains and the caves and they would just seek to wait it out. Y'all stay with me. Verse 7 and 8 in your Bibles, they cried to the Lord. Please look at it. They cried out to the Lord, and the Lord sent them a no-name prophet to tell them not to be afraid. Now watch this. The men, watch this. The men and the women of God, the men and the women of faith, who are supposed to be walking in faith and trusting the Lord, you know where I'm going, are walking in fear and not trusting the Lord. Are you praying for me? Are walking in fear. And that fear made them content to settle and allow the enemy to rule and to reign. And not only did they get comfortable and content with the enemy, but fast forward. Look, fast forward to uh, verse 28, uh, Judges 6. Fast forward to verse 28. Verse 28. Uh, not only did they get comfortable and content, but the people of God, you looking at verse 28, began to adopt pagan practices. Watch this. This is exactly what happens when people come into covenant relationship with God and, and, and they keep going back and allowing that bit of the flesh to continue to reign and rule in their lives. In the Bible, write this down. In the Bible, the Amorites, the Ammonites, the Canaanites, the Jebusites, Hittites, and all the other ites represent the flesh. They represent or they are in type of the flesh, the carnal nature, sin, which are enemies to the Christian. Somebody say amen. And when you keep pockets of sin around in your life, they choke out the word of God. They choke out faith and they allow fear to fester. Are you following me? Sin like what, pastor? Well, sin, anger, jealousy, bitterness, hatred. Do you know hatred is a sin? Uh-huh. Why did this half of the room say yes and this half of the room ain't say nothing? Huh? Let me say it again. Did, I'm talking to y'all. Did you know that hatred is a sin? Y'all young people, y'all ain't say it back there. You know I got my eye on you now. It is a sin. All of these, the Bible says, are works of the flesh. And the Bible tells us that we have to kill it. The Bible never tells us, listen to me close, the Bible never tells us to make peace with the enemy. The Bible never tells us, somebody need to wake up. Somebody, and the Bible never tells us that we need to make peace with the flesh. As a matter of fact, in Romans chapter 8, verse 13, the Bible tells us to mortify the deeds of the flesh. The Bible tells us that we are to put to death the deeds of the flesh. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to rehab, reform, or resurrect the flesh. Hmm? You still follow me? Nowhere. The Bible doesn't tell you to rehab it. The Bible doesn't tell you to reform it. Well, I just got to do better. 
The Bible tells you to put it to death. Am I right about it? So now let's back up. Look at verse 1. Let's back up in verse 1. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of who, saints? The Midianites for seven years. Now throughout the Bible, watch this, throughout Judges, Israel goes through what we call seven sin cycles. You're going to love this, Christian. Seven sin cycles. The seven cycles of sin or sin cycles are a picture of the human condition. The cycle begins like this. The people would be devoted to God. And then the people forget God and delve into sin. God would send them an oppressor to punish them and defeat them. They would deplore their situation and cry out to God for help. God sends a judge, a deliverer, and restores them. Did you get that? They were devoted then they delve into sin, then they are defeated, then they deplore their situation. God sends them a deliverer to restore them. And as long as the deliverer lives, the people would obey God and be blessed. When the deliverer dies, the cycle repeats itself. People are devoted to God. They delve into sin. They're defeated by the enemy and they deplore their situation. God sends a deliverer and the cycle throughout the book of Judges, that cycle happens seven times. Isn't that a picture of the human condition? Isn't that a picture of mankind? Isn't that a picture of people and humans? We sin God sends something to get our attention. We cry and God delivers and the cycle continues. We sin, God sends, we cry, God delivers. We sin, God sends, we cry, God comes. Can you say that with me? We sin, God sends, we cry, God, say it again. We sin, God sends, we cry, and God comes over and over. That's the cycle. Now, in verse 11 through 17, you got to see this in chapter 6. Let's move forward just a bit, inch up. Now, in verse 11, if you're looking at it, say amen. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the Teberin tree, which was in Oprah. See, y'all ain't Oprah Winfrey's in the Bible. Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to Gideon, the Lord is with thee, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us, Gideon said, into the hands of the Midianites. And then the Lord turned to him and said, Gideon, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Please underline that. So he said to them in verse 15, he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I... And the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, watching in verse 16, very important. Surely, what's, what's saints? I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. And then he said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talks with me. 
Let's stop right there. Give me your attention. So the people of God did evil in the sight of the Lord and things got worse. They cried unto the Lord. The angel of the Lord. Remember, we talked about that last week is a Christophany. We call it a Christophany. It's an appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. So the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. And while threshing wheat in the wine press, the wine press, watch this, is located at the foot of a mountain. And the threshing floor was located at the top of the mountain. Now, we could talk about that. We don't have time. Verse 11 tells us that Gideon is threshing wheat in the wine press, which tells us that Gideon is hiding and fearful of the wrath of the Midianites. And while Gideon in verse 12 is threshing wheat in the wine press, a place he ought not be, the angel of the Lord shows up and he says, hey, you mighty man of valor. Remember, Gideon's hiding. Are you following me? So the angel shows up and said, hey, mighty man of valor. Gideon probably looked around and said, who? Is anybody else here? Because remember, he's hiding, right? Gideon is shocked because it doesn't seem to fit his current circumstance. The angel says, you mighty man about, you know, that would be like, um, that would be like saying to Mike Tyson, hello, you golden tongue orator. (laughs) Or that would be like saying of Cardi B, hello, you paragon of modesty. Somebody say amen. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. But can we just watch this, saints, saints, saints? Can we just give God some praise and thank him right here? Watch this. God doesn't see us in our present situation. Am I right about it? God sees us. Oh, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands there. That's all right. Are you glad about it? God sees us as a finished product. God sees us with potential. Say amen. To be used in the kingdom, God sees what we can be, not what we currently are. Gideon thought it. Gideon said, hey, angel, uh, uh, it would sound better if you said, hey, loser. God thought it would sound better if he said, hey, leader. God said, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Look at verse 13. God is Gideon is arguing with God. If you are with us, why is bad stuff happening to good people? God doesn't even notice. He doesn't even answer him, does he? You know why? Because some people say stupid stuff. Come on, wave at me and say, go on, preach. I'm going to. Some folks say stupid stuff. And they don't deserve it. Some things are so stupid, it doesn't deserve an answer. God didn't even answer him. Did you get that? Look at verse 14. God said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel. Verse 15, Gideon continues to argue and give excuses. God, how is this going to happen? I'm the smallest. The clan is the smallest. I'm the weakest. And I can hear God saying, I know that's why I want to use you. Verse 16, you will surely defeat the Midianites. That's a promise. Why? Because you're strong. Somebody say no. Because you're awesome. Somebody say, no, because you're good looking. Why? Because God is with him, right? Now, in verse 19 through 14, I'm not going to read it. Will you promise just to peruse it with me? In verse 19 through 14, the angel, that would be Jesus, showed up. And in an act of worship, Gideon prepared a meal, butchers a cow, and offers it to the Lord. In verse 21. 
Fire consumed the offering, which means the offering was acceptable. And in verse 24, Gideon called that place. You're looking at verse 24. Gideon called that place Jehovah Shalom or the Lord is peace. And then Gideon took some servants and he tore down the pagan altars and the Midianites and the Amalekites gathered together against Israel. Now, two things, saints, I want you to take your pen here that I want to tell you that you should take note of. If we are going to be people who are not fearful, if we're going to be people who are courageous for God, we're going to have to learn two things. What? Actually, it's one thing but two words. Worship is actually three words. Worship, <laughs> worship and warfare go hand in hand. Hmm? Can you write that down? Worship and warfare go hand in hand. I don't think any discerning Christian cannot feel that there is a war going on. There's a war going on for your soul. There's a war going on for the soul of our country. There's a, uh, pray for me. There's a war going on for freedom and American citizens. There's a war going on for beautiful babies in the womb. Abortion is intensifying. People are being arrested for standing at abortion clinics in a peaceful protest, but not being arrested for mob violence and rioting. Please. Now listen, I am not talking about people, I've got to say it because folk like to take what you say and twist it all up. I am not, peaceful protest, that's what America is about. That's just who we are. That's what we do. That's what we should be doing. That's what we should be doing. But rioting is another thing. There's a war going on. Somebody say amen. There's a war going on for the right to gather as a church. We need to be ready to do battle in the spirit. Am I right about it? With the enemy. I'm wait while you clap those hands right there. Yes, I will. We're talking about an enemy far eviler. Is that a word? Evil, it is now. Eviler, write that down. He's far more evil than mankind. A spiritual enemy that cannot be defeated with bullets and guns. This enemy cannot be outrun, outsmarted, or outstrategized. This enemy that I'm talking about is the devil. That's what's going on. What we see going on, Satan, is, uh, um, uh, is Satan, and it is spiritual what we see going on. And we cannot do battle in the spirit with fleshly weapons. For the weapons, Corinthians tells us, of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. They're not fleshly weapons. We don't need to run and hide in a cave and be silenced. It's time to stand. Somebody say amen. This is time to suit up, saints. Suit up and get ready for battle and put on the full armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6. Y'all know we got to read it. Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. Can you keep up with me? Read it with me. Come on, read it with me like you mean it. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God.
Oh, y'all come on, read that thing with conviction. Come on. Supplication for all the saints. You got to put on. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands right there. I'm going to wait. You got to suit up. It reminds me really quickly. Can I tell you when you Calvary Chapel, you know, I I, I traveled to Saudi Arabia. Uh, I was in the military. For those of you that maybe don't know, and I was stationed with the Marine Corps. And I told you, like, these last couple months has been like a walk down memory lane for me and 25 years and so on and so forth. So in the Marine Corps, stationed with the Marine Corps, and I'm Navy, we are sent to Saudi Arabia Desert Storm. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.